testing. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Doesn't look like anything's happening. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Something's happening. That's for sure. Woohoo. Dylan. Dylan, can you hear me? Hi. Dylan. Dylan, can you hear me? Um, I'm gathering that you can hear me because I'm seeing some sort of... Um, hi, Otis. Do you have anything to say to the podcast? That's it? Odies. What's up? So that's Otis's two words. It's me. It's Nastasia. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and make the bold assumption that no one who doesn't know me um, will be listening to this podcast. That was like a double negative. Basically, if you're listening, you probably know who I am because you're related to me or are my friend, Otis. I'm trying to do an intro. If you do know me, uh, you will not be surprised that it is Monday night uh, at 7.37 p.m. uh, the night before we launched this fucking podcast. And I am choosing this time to record my intro, which, you know, very on brand. I, uh, I have a cold. I have I had a cold for, oh gosh, three days now. I got COVID tested twice and it is not the COVID, which is, um, oh man, I had to just interrupt myself there for a second because I sound like Matthew McConaughey. C-O-V-I-D. What's, what's his line in Dazed and Confused that's like, uh, L-O-V-E love. No, that's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, my sister's gonna love that. He's like, head over heels, L-O-V-E love or something. His and her towels. Anyway, watch that movie. It's beautiful trash. Um, but that's not what we're what we're here about. That's not why we're here. We are here because I adopted um, a dog um, who is currently f- trouncing around my living room with a rope uh, toy, and he just choked on it. So that's fun. That's his nail, so you can probably hear clippy-clapping around my apartment. Uh, And I adopted him for unclear reasons. I was fostering, and I failed, viciously failed. He's now found one of my scrunchies. I'm just going to let him have that one. He's destroyed everything I've ever loved, so he could have that too. But he's also brought a lot of joy into my life. And, you know, it's one of those things where the more you talk to dog people, the more they s- seem to want to talk to you. And and then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking to a bunch of dog people and everyone's like, woohoo. Um, <laughs> I like to say that uh, it was like, it was like in a Disney movie. I picture Enchanted every time I say this. And I know that's like a parody of a Disney movie, but it is a Disney. Anyway, it's like a Disney movie where you meet the prince and it's like, oh, I knew it was love at first sight, except like when I met Otis, he was licking his own butthole. Um, so it was less romantic and more disgusting. People kept telling me how much he would shit and I didn't really believe them until I had to see it with my own eyes. He's only 15 pounds, but I, I, I think he shits out his body weight every day. He has this weird thing where he likes to lift his hind legs when he poos, both of them, kind of like a... <laughs> 
I don't know how I got on this tangent. Um, kind of like a like an acrobat, <laughs> like he's doing a handstand, but in a squat. Um, yeah, I'm talking about you. He's just looked at me like, um, excuse me, you haven't paid attention to me in the last two seconds. Anyway, so I started a podcast because I um, hate myself. And you don't start a podcast unless you hate yourself. And I think that that's just the goddamn truth. Uh, the first person I'm interviewing, I guess I should get a little backstory here. Uh, I met when we were 2012. So I guess um, we were both like 15 uh, at the Transact Club in Toronto where they held Girls Rock Camp every year. And it's freaking great. Uh, and we met there... Deanna and I met because we were placed in this band together, I should say. And it was smooth sailing ever since. We've known each other for, gosh, almost 10 years now. And we've been close friends for at least five of those. You know, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Deanna's a musician in Toronto. She's really great at it. In this interview, we mentioned a couple people. One is Cassie, comes up a couple times. And Cassie is a one of Deanna's, one of Deanna's, the only other roommate Deanna has ever, ever had. Cassie was, uh, lived with Deanna for, you know, since high school until recently. Um, and they fostered cats together and, and you'll hear about that and such. But Cassie's great. She's, uh, and we're plugging her here. Uh, she just got into law school and has started law school this year, which is... You know, we're all in awe and shocked of her um, because who gets into law school ever? And I mean, we knew she's a genius and she's, you know, amazing. So uh, that's Cassie. We also mentioned Deanna's brother, whose name is Blake. You'll hear Blake a couple times. That's Deanna's brother. He's also great, plays hockey, studying poli sci, generally a nice man. Uh, I think that's it for me. Uh, this is our first episode. Um, you know, we're, I don't know what I'm doing um, with dogs or, frankly, with podcasting. Like right now, I'm literally hunched over on my couch um, trying not to hurl at the sheer nerves of the fact that tomorrow this will be released to the public. But also exciting. And, and um, I, guess, I guess my hope is that there's a small community of people who also hate, love their dogs and... Uh, a bigger community of people who wish they had dogs and can live vicariously through my demon baby. Demon baby that shits as much as he weighs. All right, here it is. First episode, Tiny Gremlin Dog.
Hi, Deanna. Hello, Nastasia. I kind of want to interview you like I've never spoken to you before in my life. Oh, my God. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, or I could, I guess. Wait, I have to burp. And I don't want to do that while we get into it. Oh, I hope it's not. <laughs> Yesterday I started burping and then I puked a little. <sighs> I hope it's not now. Oh, there. <laughs> I just burped myself like a baby. Deanna, hi. Welcome to our tiny gremlin podcast. This is so exciting. You're our first guest and it's happening. I'm so honored. Yeah, you should be. You fucking should be. Well, I wrote the theme song, so... That's true, you did. That is accurate to our relationship and the extent of it. The extent <laughs> of our relationship? I don't know. I think you should talk about how uh, you came to know me a little. How you perhaps came to know Otis. I feel like that's an, a good place to start. Sure. I came to know you, Nastasia. <laughs> uh at girls rock camp uh we were put together into a band and we played in that band for six years and over that time we spoke and <laughs> uh became friends uh you met my dog juno we love juno that sassy bitch yep then we moved in together became roommates then we fostered together our first foster dog, first and only foster dog as a roommate couple. Oh my God, we're couple <laughs> official. <laughs> we were, and now we are, uh, what, did, what does uh, Gwyneth Paltrow say? Uh, consciously uncoupled. Consciously uncoupled. Yeah, we are consciously uncoupled. Um, no, now we have a long distance relationship, the distance being nine floors. That's, in the same building pretty long distance very long yeah and then obviously uh i got to know otis through you his mother mm -hmm. um <laughs> uh and i feel like we make a joke that i'm his father which Accurate. is true uh, uh more of a distant father figure yeah um, you should really start pulling your weight around this house you know i'm trying for this family yeah why aren't you paying me any child support because I was not present when the child was conceived, nor was Neither I Neither was I. <laughs> yes, but you adopted him and became his caregiver. I never agreed to become his caregiver. And Except emotionally. I feel like the godmother actually is more Yeah, that's accurate. probably like accurate. I'm responsible for his spiritual upbringing and also, <laughs> and also um, <laughs> making sure that everything is in line if you become deceased. <laughs> Why is that the most accurate? I think out of all things, that's just our relationship in general. You making sure everything would be fine if I died. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess my next question for you would be how you, uh, how you came, because we're going to talk about Clark and I do want to talk about Clark, Yeah. but I also want to talk about dogs because I mm -hmm. feel like because Clark is a cat, yep. I want to get your dog circle um, because Juno was not the first dog you ever loved. That was no. Kukla. Kukla, yeah. So my grandmother had, when I was born, she had two German Shepherds and a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, right. 
it was Boss and Kukla, who were the two German shepherds, and then Lady, who was the Cocker Spaniel. Right. So I was born into that environment uh, around really big dogs as a baby, um, which freaked my mom out. And then also my cousin lived with my grandmother at the time, uh, and she had uh, an American bulldog rescue uh, who she picked up one day at the pound because she was just there uh, with one of her friends and then picked up this dog, this big American (laughs) bulldog named Rocky, who she fell in love with immediately and brought him home. So that household had four dogs in a two-bedroom uh, house right with also three kids yeah uh so <laughs> lots of dogs uh also my aunt uh had two dogs and so when she would come to visit and we do have family events it was you know and then also my other aunt had their dog bubba right bubba yeah there were lots of dogs around all the time so i grew up around a lot of big dogs and you know grew, obviously grew very fond of all of them and i like when you grow up around big dogs and you're a baby, like you don't know that they could hurt you. Um, mm. cause you only experience positive situations. And obviously there are people there to make sure that everything's safe and that you're feeling good and stuff. But, um, I was not aware people were afraid of dogs. I didn't understand yeah. when that was a thing. Cause I was like, what do you mean? Dogs are only amazing. <laughs> like, so <laughs> that was the beginning of my experience with dogs. Yeah. And then I, was trying to convince my parents forever to let us have a dog. Um, and in fact, there's a like letter that I wrote to my parents uh, signed by my brother and I, it was like a contract <laughs> saying like, to whom it may concern, here are all the things that we're willing to do to get a dog. And it was written in my stupid 11 year old handwriting basically with the A's that were like this, you know, (laughs) yeah, the bubbly ones, bubble A and all of that. And it basically, and also I think it's written in a pencil crayon and (laughs) it was like, we will empty the dishwasher the first time we're asked and dishes won't stay on the counter for more than an hour after we're done eating. And we will promise to walk the dog every morning before school at lunch when we come home and after school for at least 15 minutes and we'll pick up all poops in the backyard (laughs) and daddy won't ever have to pick it up. Like it is like that. You know what I mean? The funny thing I now envision is that photo that Blake sent you today of him taking Juno for a walk. Deanna starts laughing. She's sitting across my kitchen table. She starts laughing and, uh, and she shows me a photo that Blake sent her of Juno taking a shit in the middle of the grass in their neighborhood. Yeah, on the leash. Um, To prove to my mom that he's walking her while they're gone. Just, you know, upholding the contract. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, So anyway, (laughs) it it was really funny. And it was like a two page long contract of all the things that we agreed to do. One of them was that I would wash my parents' cars by hand. Like, it's like a lot of like far out. Like, how far would you go to get a dog, essentially? Um, What? (laughs) How old were you? 11. Yeah. That sounds doable for an 11 year old. Yeah. yeah. My brother was nine. He's oh like, my God. He's like, I got this. <laughs> I'm Blake. I have it. Yeah, together. I got it. Um, but yeah, we both really wanted a dog. And initially we were going to get a Barbet, which is uh, a French water dog. 
Mm. Uh, kind of like a uh, similar to the Portuguese water dog. Like they're kind of black, curly. Are they uh, big? They're medium. Yeah, yeah. They're me. They're they're about uh, forty pounds. Okay, so group forty to fifty. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. So initially, that was what we went to go get, and we drove out to this farm in like rural Ontario, where this with this breeder, and she was a breeder for Barbets and also for Havanese. Uh, which is what Juno is. And my grandma came with us and she sat in the back with my brother and I um, because she's the dog person. So she, you know, was- uh, Like you don't have a dog named Boss and then you're not a dog person. No, I know. Um, also her other dog before that, her his name was Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jefferson. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> also all of her dogs were immaculately trained. Like- Of course. But like sign language trained, like spoke Macedonian and English. Like she, she would speak <laughs> the dogs Macedonian. All spoke Macedonian. <laughs> <laughs> they were bilingual. My grandma almost made that joke. She was like, "Dogs should be bilingual. Like it helps with their brain function." And I was like, "I'm not bilingual. <laughs> your, your children are not bilingual, <laughs> but your dogs are. That's great. Thank God. Um, I mean, I also understand Macedonian, but um, anyway." She trained us all. Uh, she in trained Macedonia. you all in Macedonia. Uh, anyway. Do you know hand signals as well? I do. Because <laughs> she'd look at me, she'd go. <laughs> and I'd be like. Ah, uh, yes, the finger curl. <laughs> uh, yeah. So where did I leave off? Oh, yeah. My grandma was sitting with us. She came with us in the back of the car, um, sitting between me and Blake. We were so excited. I was freaking out. I was crying the whole day. Uh, we got to the farm. My dad goes over to look at the barbets and I'm like, oh my God, there are all these tiny little puppies over here that I would like to go see. So I go to this space with like all of these Havanese puppies that are tiny, tiny, tiny. Cause Juno's about 10 pounds fully grown. So she was about four pounds as a puppy. Nothing should be alive and four pounds. That is just too cute. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. And I was like, oh my God. And all these dogs were going crazy and jumping up on me and whatever. And I was super overwhelmed, but also really happy because that's kind of my heaven. Um, And then Juno just walks over to me super casually, hops in my lap and falls asleep immediately. And I looked at her and I was like, this is it. This is my dog. We're going home now. We don't need to look at those other dogs. We don't need to do anything. Um, I'm done. So, and my parents were like, no, no, we have to look at all the other things. And I was like, nope, this is it. This is, this is her. Um, and my grandma was <laughs> like, when you know, you know. And I was like, I know this is, this is it. So I walked around with her in my arms and I looked at other dogs, but I was like holding her still. And I was like, and she was like honestly got like this big. Like she know. It was insane. And I was hold- holding her like in my little cupped hands. And I'm 11, so my hands are even smaller. And I'm like looking at this tiny baby thing and I'm like this is my baby now. I have this video of you um that night where we went up to camp to meet Cassie. It's four in the morning because you just hadn't played a show. It's four in the morning. We're in your kitchen at your parents' house. And you're holding Juno and she's looking straight at the camera and you're like, you're so small in there. You're just so small in there. I love you. That's mostly the things I say to her (laughs) when we have our talks. I'm like, do you understand that you're so small? 
and you're old, but you're a baby. What the heck was up with that? And she's like, I. Well, now she's your mom. She is my mom's, mom's dog. She is my mom's dog for sure. But I, uh, she was my dog at the beginning. And I was the one that fought really hard to get her. So mm-hmm. it was supposed to be my dog. And then she just fell in love with my mom. So she owes you everything. She does. She owes me her whole life. But anyway, mm-hmm. finally, we all, they all agreed on Juno. They were like, what do you want to name her? And I was like, it's going to be Juno. Because I loved the movie Juno. Oh, I never even made that yeah. connection. I didn't even... I've known Juno and you for, I guess, 10 years now. And I have never once thought of the movie Juno when you said yeah. Juno. That makes so yeah. much sense. I was in love with Elliot Page. Um I was in love with that movie, all the music in the, like I found Belle and Sebastian in that movie. I was like, everything's making sense to me. Oh, that's right. Fucking Sonic. I was like, this is, everything's coming together. Jason Bateman. I was like, everything is coming together for me watching Juno. So I decided in the moment to name her Juno. (laughs) And my parents were like. Suits her though. It does suit her anyway. But in a more regal way than. Yeah. Yeah. Than Elliot Page in that movie. Yes, for sure. 11 year old me was like, this is the right move for this dog. And they bathed her and I got to watch that. And I have a photo of her from my digital camera uh, of her first bath. Uh, I had like an orange, like one of those like pixel cameras that like you have to slip side the thing. Um, And I brought that with me to take photos of all the dogs. And I took all the photos of Juno. I'll send you a photo later of uh, of our first. There's a photo of Blake going, (laughs) <laughs> like looking at her like with like the, the, he couldn't understand how cute she was like it's just, it's so funny uh and then we brought her home she sat with my grandma the whole way home and then she threw up all over her um in the car <laughs> you know what if that's not juno i don't know what it is honestly yeah and she was probably like she probably vomited on your grandmother and was like yeah that's right you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. And then just like stepped over and like sat on me instead because there was vomit on that woman. <laughs> so I can't sit on her anymore. Can't sit on her. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then that was it. Um, but when I got, you know, like I immediately panicked because I was like, I am responsible for a whole life. This is only on me and everything is it's all my job. Uh which was not the case, obviously, because I was a 11 11 year old old. a child Um, taking care of a child yeah uh but yeah i i felt so much pressure and i felt like this is my baby now and here i go um and i loved every minute of it but it was super stressful i'm interested and we're i think this is when we'll move over to the clark stuff like yeah what was the difference between meeting juno and then meeting clark but before we get there i want to go back to like we got the decision to get Juno (laughs) pretty clear what was your decision to initially reach out about Clark I mean I'm a I'm a pet person I'm an animal person um also I fell in love with cats when I met my boyfriend's cat um Lucy who is the most wonderful cat in the whole world 
For context, uh, Lucy is the kind of cat where every day is Lucy's birthday. Yes. And daily is there a birthday celebration for Lucy. Mm-hmm. And she has copious amounts of meals a day. She she's loves, spoiled, but she's, she's adorable. spoiled, baby, and she deserves every single one of those soup cans that she gets because she's the most wonderful cat in the whole world. And I love her very much. But so... I was purely a dog person until I met her. My old roommate and I fostered cats together. We fostered a cat named Fig. Um, oh, yeah, Fig. Yeah, she was amazing. She was a kitten. She was about eight months old. Um, and it was my roommate's responsibility uh, mainly, but I was I obviously lived there, so I lived with her as well, and I loved having her. Which is funny because Fig was a rascal cat. Like, that cat oh, yeah. was so destructive well you couldn't leave a glass of water on the table without her sticking her face in it and drinking the glass of water the whole thing too yeah like she would just stick her head her tiny little head in in your glass of water and and like i had a mason jar that was had a pretty small opening and she got her head stuck in there trying to drink the water and i was like I do not know what to do about this because how do I get your tiny skull out of this glass jar? Like, what have you done? Fig, my memory of Fig, and this applies to our producer, Dylan, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is when uh, Fig got stuck under the sink, in the wall under yeah. the sink. Oh my God, um, yeah. The concierge did nothing about it. No one's dad could come and fix it. And Dylan, yeah. with his tiny saw, sawed Fig out full, of the wall. Full-size saw, I believe. Uh, oh, not a, right. not a tiny saw. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give that. Yeah, um, and sawed Fig out of the... Whatever that hole of, was uh, behind the sink. Um, <laughs> I just message in the... <laughs> in the group chat, Cassie did most of the work. I believe that. Cassie would have torn... Did. She did. She basically like she like sawed with her hands. Yeah, like she sawed the thing down, and then she like pulled it with like raw strength. It's very um, ancient Greek theater, wailing to the gods for your lost child of her. Accurate to Cassie about Fig. Fig was Cassie's cat uh, through and through. Yeah. That's one of those moments that I think about when I think about missing an opportunity for two uh, animals that, and animals, two animals that connect. <laughs> but it's true. also, you know what? Human animal, human animal. What was that? Animorphs. Humans That's are also anim- animals. Like, yes. But they're, they're, I mean. Yeah. Well, Cassie and Fig had a special connection. And mm-hmm. when Fig, uh, was finally adopted. That was a very sad day for us all. But a happy day for Fig. Happy day for Fig. She lives with an incredible family now. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I regret that I wasn't there when she got adopted. Um, I still have regret about that. I still feel feelings about that. Should have been there for Cassie, but I wasn't. Anyway, so I had experience with cats. Uh, Phoebe was not a fan. Uh, of the second foster that we had. Um, she didn't like me I very was. She was my cat. I don't, I'm not a cat person, but she was, she and she I didn't, She did not agree with me uh, and I did not agree with her. So. <laughs> Frankly, I did not agree with her values and our <laughs> just, she had to be fed at 5.30 in the morning for no reason and I yeah. needed to sleep. And frankly, well, that is 
ruined our relationship. It did. And also, uh, I, there was a situation in which she came to me to try to get me to feed her at five 30 in the morning. And I told her to fuck off and she never asked me again. And that was not great for Cassie because Cassie did feed her and she tried to feed her lately. She did the best that she could, but um that cat was a loud cat he she she now lives with a very lovely lovely elderly man who will send cassie checkup emails in all capital letters yes which Um, is adorable the best speaking of um cats finding their soulmates uh that man found that phoebe would not leave his desk chair um at his home office so he bought himself a second desk chair and the first <laughs> desk chair is now Phoebe's chair. Yes. Also, he calls Phoebe Cassie. Wait, Phoebe's name is now Cassie? Yeah. <laughs> Lord help me, that's the most adorable thing I've heard. I mean, yeah. So Cassie uh, knows that there is a cat who used to terrorize her in her own home. That, now that is now her name. namesake. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah. I find that beautiful. (laughs) It's really funny. And now Cassie has her two geriatric gray cats with no teeth and bowel issues. Pepper and... Yep, Pepper and Dorian. What's Diddy's real name? Dorian. Dorian. Yeah. (laughs) And again, very happy uh, trio over there. Absolutely. Anyways, you had a question for me about Cass. about And Clark. About why you wanted to start fostering um yeah like what what drew you to Clark specifically because I remember there were a couple cats in the mix yeah um yeah and you were Um, like I would like to meet that cat honestly I thought that having a cat would be great for me because I love having animals around and while in general I am a dog person I also really loved spending all my time with Lucy and having her around and it made me think that having a cat in my life would make me very happy. And also I thought it would was more suitable for my lifestyle. I thought, you know, when I go on tour, you know, I can bring her to someone else's house or him to someone else's house. And, you know, they can just have a litter box and take care of him. And he's just free roaming, like doesn't need a lot. You know, I thought that that would be ideal. And also, I guess, honestly, when I was thinking about, cats I was envisioning Lucy like I was envisioning the life that Lucy has and the personality that Lucy has I I didn't consider uh which is short-sighted of me but I didn't consider that another cat would need a lot more than I had you didn't consider that you would end up living with uh an Egyptian Mao with a limp who hated all things including including you and himself yeah (laughs) you know I really didn't think about that I thought yeah I thought it would be a lot easier than it was and also there's a certain extent where like and I feel like a lot of first-time pet owners feel this way like especially if they didn't have any pets growing up like you know I don't know characteristics of cats as well as I do with dogs you know what I mean like I it's they're not the same at all like in any way shape or form uh my knowledge about dogs did not serve me in any way with Clark and I also honestly even my knowledge about cats did not serve me 
because I had always had someone else doing the brunt of the work with a cat, you know, like as much as I loved her, Lucy was not my cat. Fig was not my cat. Phoebe was not my cat. Like, um, and also I'd only had experience with female cats, which is a huge difference. Yeah, that's true. So when I took Clark on, I thought, you know, maybe like I I wanted to find a forever cat and he had already bonded with his previous foster who didn't think that she was ready to have a cat. So she gave him to me and it was very challenging because he basically went into withdrawal from her when I brought him home. He didn't eat anything he never drank any water oh yeah he was peeing crystals for a second yeah like he he gave himself a uti um from not drinking enough water cat uti <laughs> any animal with a bladder can get I know, a urinary it's tract infection so sad i know a cat drinking cranberry juice <laughs> not even for fun reasons only for sad <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to drink water. Exactly. And I will give myself a urinary tract infection. <laughs> yeah, he basically poisoned himself because he was so unhappy. So I yeah, I, I thought that I wanted a cat, and I actually don't think that's what I wanted. I think that I wanted the cat I already knew. Yeah. Um, and was trying to fill that void a little bit. And then also I wanted companionship, which I got from Otis. Yeah. But, and I still do want a pet. And if I could have a dog right now, you know that I would. And I, I am considering fostering again. It just, it wasn't the right fit for me. What do you think was, I have it written here that like, when did you feel like things were going wrong? But I think more realistically, like what, cause I, I remember going through it with you um, yeah. from the, I don't know, should I take this cat on right now? Is it the right time? you know, is my life in this place? Can I do it? Like I'm at the restaurant all day. Like, where am I? Yeah. And we flip-flopped for so long. And which was funny because I just fostered, started fostering Otis. And I was like, do I adopt him? Is what's the plan? He's my dog. Do I let him go? Yeah. But then the difference was I had met Otis because I was fostering him and you were bringing this cat into your home period for the first time. Yeah you didn't know him at all. And the hope was that it was going to end in an adoption. Yeah. Like what, what were the signs? Like, cause I remember you felt pretty certain almost right away that it was like, this is not right. Yeah. I mean, back to what my grandma said. And also a lot of people say this, like when you know, you know, and that feels so weird and foreign to people that have not ever felt that feeling. But it's like when Juno crawled into my lap, I was like, yep. Like there were other dogs that were making direct eye contact with me that were, you know, wanting to play with me and were so cute. And I also had my mindset on a bigger dog because I was used to big dogs and I wanted a big dog. You know, I mm-hmm. saw myself with a big dog and as an 11 year old uh, in my future, uh, yeah. you know, I was like, I will have a big dog. but. Juno was not what I had planned. She mm-hmm. was not what I was looking for, but she was, I was like, yep, mm. that's it. And when Clark got here, I was sitting with him. Well, actually when I picked him up, 
uh, he was in his crate, like his little carrier. And I could see his little face. He was looking at me and like talking to me. Like he was like, mm-hmm. like chattering at me. Meow, 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 and I, meow, meow, meow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, you're coming home with me. Like you're, you're going to be my cat. And like, I, I like looked at him as I was saying that I was like, what, <laughs> what the fuck am I saying right now? I was like talking to him. I was like, and I live in a nice apartment and you're going to run around over there and like whatever. Like I was just like saying things and I was like, what am I even doing? Like, what am I doing? And I think I literally said that to him out loud. I was like, I'm really not sure what I'm doing right now. You like, in an Uber? Huge mistake. No, I'm driving. <sighs> oh, right. I'm literally driving. I have my one hand on his carrier, like petting him through the mesh. Oh, right. Because he's freaking out, obviously. So I'm like petting him through the mesh of his carrier and I'm talking to him, trying to get him to calm down. I'm trying to get me to calm down also. And I'm like, almost right away, I was like, this this was a mistake. Yeah. And then he turned into a demon cat. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Which was fun. I still have a scar on my shoulder from where he scratched me. <laughs> Which is fine. You know what? To be fair, I, I deserved it. Yeah. But he he's he was a brat. He was a brat. Yeah, he was. Um, but, you know, he also was, he had just come in from Dubai. Right. Um, and he hadn't had enough time to adjust at his other fosters. Like, it just, it was a really bad situation overall. Like, I think it could have been organized much better. But, you know, I think that that New Caller did the best that they could yeah. um, given the situation. Also, I had applied for another cat before that that hadn't gone through, a, a kitten. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had been adopted by someone else. Like, she had just been adopted. So, uh, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get her. So, so they wanted to, to get me a cat as soon as possible. Cause I was willing to take one ASAP. So yeah, it ended up working out that I picked up Clark pretty soon after uh, I had applied for him or shown interest in yeah. him. I want to backtrack a little bit and I want to mm-hmm. get to know more about Clark specifically, but also about his relationship with Catherine, because yeah. I, I remember one of the deciding factors between keeping him and returning him to her because that that was the thing she then was yeah. like i miss this cat he's actually my cat yeah i think i messed this up um yeah what was the what was that video that she sent you there was like a moment so so there was a moment for me when i realized that like he was not gonna stay with me um when because i had been messaging with her and she was like no like i want you to make this work it was like you know and she was, she was lovely. Like she really was. Um, she sent me a video of him being the rascal that he was at my place, climbing on her closet, like in her closet on top of all of her stuff, like at the top bit of her closet. And she's like, Clarky, like, what are you doing? Like, you're so silly. And he's like being a menace. And she's like laughing and like so beyond happy. And I was like, 
I like yell at him and spray him with water when he does things like that. And she's overjoyed that he's living his best life. Like, and I was like, he would be way happier in a scenario where he can be celebrated for all of his weird nuances that he has as a cat. Like he is curious and he's a wild cat. Like he, the Egyptian Mao is the closest domestic cat to a wild cat that you can get like yeah. as a breed. So, you know, he, he needs to roam around. He needs to have that freedom and he can't, he's not, you know, a Lucy, like he's not going to yeah. sleep and lie on my lap and, you know, just chill all day long. Like I was hoping, no. you know, and, and if I wasn't going to celebrate that in him, which is just his personality, then like, should he not be with someone that would, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and does that, did that feel more logistical or more like guttural? Like, was that like a, that was more guttural for sure. I had planned everything. I could make it work. I could. Yeah, totally. No, it's, it's just interesting to me that like something so like, it almost feels like that could have been written on his bio on their foster page. For sure. Um, And part of the part of the thing there and I felt this with Otis as well mm-hmm. part of the thing there is that they really give you no time to get to know a cat it's either like or a yeah. dog or whatever you have two weeks well that was Catherine too she was like I don't know I don't yeah. know I only have two weeks to get to know this gremlin yeah and how do you make that decision that quickly and same yeah. with you you'd had him for two weeks can you know in two weeks no Mm-hmm. Well, you had him yeah. for longer. You ended up having for him for about three weeks, right? Yeah, about uh, almost a month. Yeah, right. And that was the same with us and Gruber. Yeah, um, which is a well, whole. We had other... Gruber for six weeks. I remember um, it did not get any easier, and I still don't know what that dog is like. Yeah, I mean, it was incredibly challenging. He got more and more anxious as time went on. More things yeah, started happening really... with Gruber. I mean, we'll get into Gruber, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, with Clark too, he, and and if I found this with Otis as well, like his personality yeah. came out right away. There was no yep. necessity for like who he was is who he was. He didn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> yep. He was a street cat with an attitude. Yep. And we loved him for it. Um, but also. And also we hated him for it. We did. We did. You know, like. It was very stressful for me. And he was super destructive of the house. He was miserable. He was miserable. And and also like he he gave himself health problems yeah. from being here. Like, and that was another thing. Like me giving him up wasn't just because of I, I didn't feel it, you know? It was because he was he was sick. And I couldn't afford the medication to help him with the illnesses that he had right. given himself by being stressed you know, he needed to go on medication for his urinary tract infection. That would have been a couple hundred dollars. And then, mm-hmm. you know, g- getting him the right GI food and getting him all this, like, it was all so expensive. And I was like, I did not budget for this in any way. Right. Which again, like, how do you know to budget for it? Like, how do you know you're financially ready? How do you know? Like you can, even if, even if, right. Like you were ready. I remember sitting down with you with a legal pad in front of you going, this is what needs to happen. This is the, yeah. Like if, 
if I have a cat, it's going to be, you know, at least 400, 500 bucks a month. Can I afford that? Well, with Clark, like in general, having a cat should not be that expensive. It should be about 400, 500 bucks a year. Really? Yeah. Like having a cat is not that expensive. that stuff. Any, yeah, any additional stuff that is on, like, you can't plan for, like the GI food, like any of that, like, like maybe taking the dog to the vet and then he has to be sedated while they cut his nails because he's pooped too much on the table, like, you know, exactly. stuff like that, random things like that, like really common things like sedation for nail cutting because of shitting uh, exactly. constantly. <laughs> Yeah, things like that that happen all the time, but no one talks about. That are so common, but you can't plan for, like shitting at the vet every time you go to the vet. So bad that you have to be sedated. Be sedated. Yeah. That's not about Otis, by the way. That's about me. Um. Yeah, no, same, 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 same. Anytime I'm at the doctor, I'm like, will you pay more attention to me if I shit on your table? (laughs) Yeah, will you please fix my (laughs) body if I shit on the table? No, you'll give me drugs, though? Great. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to circle back, Clark was so miserable with me. I was so miserable with him. Mm-hmm. I loved him. And I was like, he was adorable and so beautiful. And what did my mom call him today? Oh, he's a, a model. model. He's a, a model, model cat. cat. He was a model. He was. Little, little long this is tall a weird, cat, long body. <laughs> a weird long body he was just a tall model man yeah it's true and when he stood up to his full height on his hind legs to get to the counter it was very confusing i was like you are so fully the size of a person <laughs> literally like he was so long um yeah. it was jarring yeah, very cute Clark was guy. definitely an experience and I, I'm really, really happy that I had that experience. And I do plan on having a cat in my mm-hmm. life. Like I, I will have a cat. I will have a cat and multiple dogs. Yeah, I think you would do well with a cat with another person. Like I feel like yes. cats need a, a homebody. Yeah, like I always imagined that my partner and I would have a cat and two dogs, one really mm-hmm. big dog and one really little dog. So mm-hmm. having Clark, I was like, this is just the start of that. Right. And it's early because I can have a cat now, but it ended up just not being the case. And again, that's not to say that I would not have another cat. I will, but having a cat by myself, you know, I, I feel like I overestimated my ability to take on all of that extra responsibility because you are, it, it is a child. It's like having a child. Yeah. With a lot less work. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the difference and I'm finding this cause my mom always equates having Otis to having children. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. You're not molding any particular personalities and there's no responsibility to society to make sure that, your dog is a good person. Well-behaved, different. Yeah. yeah, but a good person that will eventually be on their own? No. No, not well-adjusted. Like, I'm not worried that Otis is going to become a serial killer. Um, no. I was just mildly worried about that with Clark. Yeah, honestly, we all were. And uh, thank God, because he was the next yeah. Ted Bundy. Truly, truly. Could have been. Uh, keep an uh, eye out and for hopefully, Clark. If you see him on the street, call the police. 
It's a very long, tall Egyptian Mao cat. Yeah. Clark yeah. used to run with a gang of cats in, uh, in Dubai. Yeah. Do you think you would have even bothered if it wasn't for COVID? Like, do you think COVID contributed to wanting Clark to begin with? No, I don't at all. Interesting. Pets have always been part of my plan. Yeah. Also, reminder, I got Clark when things were opening up. I remember. <laughs> like, I was going to work. It wasn't even like I was working from home. No, I remember, yeah. And we have so, worked from home. You and yeah. I both worked from home with during Gruber. Gruber, which I think will go next. Um, but yeah, like I think I I I forgot. Yeah, you were out and about. Yeah. And Clark was just chilling. Yep. Or not chilling, actually. Um, going on a hunger strike and yeah, stripping literally. your bed of everything and everything you've ever loved and eating yep. coffee beans and scratching your couch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and trying to escape the apartment and trying Shitting to destroy constantly a, my carpet. A constant stream of never-ending diarrhea. Also, that would, like, attach itself to his lame foot that he would drag through the apartment because he couldn't clean it off of his foot. Oh, That's another thing. He was technically a tripod. Right, but they wouldn't amputate. Yeah, they don't They don't really amputate cat's legs. Um, they leave them. So he couldn't, like he used his leg for balance still uh, in a way that dogs don't because um, yeah. cats are more nimble. But uh, it supposedly made him bad at jumping. I did not experience that. Uh, he nope. was very good and competent at jumping. I remember he jumped on my head. That too. Jumped up on the counter, tried to jump up on the balcony. I almost killed himself. Uh, <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying. I was like... He literally tried to jump off the 23rd floor balcony. <laughs> yeah. Not... He was just not... He did not love this home. He did not belong here. He's very chill where he is now. That's great. Yeah. Oh, let's go into Gruber for a quick sec. Because cool. I think I think that might be uh, the last business, the last piece oh. of the puzzle. Great. Um, so Gruber, he... Where do we even begin, I think? I can, about this? I can start with why I decided to foster... Oh, that's dog, right. Because we... you brought it, you brought it to me. You were yeah. like, we should really foster a dog. Yeah. Uh, so I had been following Redemption Paws for a while. Right. Um, I had fostered cats with Cassie. So I was kind of familiar with the fostering process. So I was like, you know, I always wanted to foster a dog. Now that we're both working from home, I think it's possible. They have an intake coming in. Like, I'd like to do this. And you were like, okay, but it's your responsibility. And I was like, absolutely. And I was like, why me will support? immediately getting invested? <laughs> I was like, it's absolutely your responsibility. Now this is my baby dog. Exactly. But I knew that was going to happen. But also I was like, I'm going to need your support. And you were like, hundred mm -hmm. percent, let's do it. So filled out their foster application. I did an interview with them. Um, they were like, cool, great, sound great. I was like, thanks so much. I am. I remember that because I remember being there for the home tour. Um, yeah. And I remember. That was on remember, Zoom. Yes. I remember sitting beside you and you hung up and you were like, we're going to keep this dog. 
And I was like, I don't even want to think about it. I am so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. And then, and we said medium to small, I think is what we did. Our... Yeah. We said medium to small. Um, and then Size we ended up dog. with a, yeah. Uh, and then we ended up with a 40 pound Visla, um, oh, which when we picked him up, so Dylan and I, who is the producer of this the show? The producer of this show, Dylan Barrett. Yeah. Dylan and I went to pick him up. Um, <laughs> and he was fucking adorable. And he was so friendly off the bat. Mm-hmm. Horrible at walking. <laughs> Both like training wise, but also just physically unable to walk like actually like he was like zigzagging and like once like I took him for a small walk while like we got all the rest of the materials and stuff that we were supposed to pick up they were like yeah like just be careful he's kind of strong and I was like I got this I'm used to it which I wasn't like all my grandmother's dogs that were big died before I was a fully grown person so I hadn't actually walked a big dog other than I walked my partner's dog, Lola, who was a oh. boxer mix. But she was um, also but she old. was old. She was super old. Yeah. So she didn't pull anything. She just walked beside me. Also, she walked for five minutes and then gave up. So I was kind of like, okay, I got this. I can walk a big dog. Lies, I couldn't. <laughs> uh, and he was like pulling me through. I got whiplash from Gruber. I know he couldn't walk. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm in the parking lot. I pick him up where I'm trying to walk him in this parking lot. He's like dragging me through. It's like the middle of the night in October. And I'm like, bye Dylan, I guess. I'm just walking through this fucking parking lot anyway. So I pull him back to the car. We can't get him in the car. I I am unsure of how to lift this giant dog. Oh, right. I, at all because I don't know how to like I lift Juno like a baby I put my hands like under her armpits and I lift her like you can't do that with a 40 pound dog like a Visla like he's he was giant plus he was squirmy yeah he was and I was like I don't know what the, how the fuck to do this so the volunteer picked him up and put him in the car and I sat with him in the back seat and Dylan diligently drove us home very slowly and with great care um which I was so appreciative of he immediately like rested his head on me was super chill in the car and then we got out of the car when we got back to the apartment and he like could not go through the door like he would not go through the door to get into the apartment and Dylan and I were like how the fuck do we get out of like into the apartment like how do you even get in um so we took him up through the garage door and then outside for a small walk which was a drag because like a literal drag because he dragged me down the street and uh yeah and then dylan had to pick him up and like carry him through the doorways into the apartment because he just would not go through the door. Um, and that was our first like sign of like rescue dog vibes. Like, like yeah. he just, he was so traumatized and so scared. Which, you know, I, I felt like I had been adequately prepared for little quirks like that. I mean, I'd never yeah. lived with a dog in my life. Right. I'd never seen, I'd never seen a yeah. dog up close that way. 
yeah. intimately getting to know a dog. So, yeah. So I was like, this is probably fine. Yeah. It was the development after that, that I think really um, threw us both for a loop specifically with <laughs> the traumatic brain injury that he had sustained as a small dog and his complete lack of understanding of anything just the most traumatized guy he really was and i mean we don't officially know his story but you know he did have what the vet considered to be cigarette burns on his face and his legs uh he also had clearly had broken uh his legs at some point his his back back legs legs at some point um that had not set properly he walked kind of like charlie chaplin did but only with his back legs. Yeah. Yeah. He like had a bit of a wobble. Um, so they told us that his back legs had been broken at some point and were not set properly. So that was a problem. They thought when they first, when they first introduced him to us, they told us he was two. Yeah. Um, and which we believed it was weird because he was big and graying. Um, but he was a two-year-old puppy. Like that's how he, yeah. like, his behavior was exactly that. It was like a puppy energy. Yeah. Um, and then the vet was like, no, this dog is like four or five. But with no training, no. Um, was not housebroken in any way. Like, oh, we don't know if he'd man. ever lived in a house. Like, Listen, we are unclear. That shit he took that night, that first night, still haunts my nightmares. Oh. He took a massive shit on Deanna's very expensive runner rug in the kitchen, which, you know, poor guy. It smelled so bad <laughs> that I it, it banished us to the balcony. I literally had to step outside because I was gagging. I was like, I'm going to throw up. I have to go outside. And Nastasia was like, you have to clean. The, we have to clean this up. And I was like, I can't. We went in with the Febreze. Like we just like sprayed yeah. the Febreze at it, wrapped yeah. it up. I think we a... put masks on actually. <laughs> I, do too. I think we literally double masked for the smell alone. Yeah the toxicity of this poo yeah yeah i was like there is something wrong with this like there's something deeply <laughs> wrong with this dog like holy shit and he we couldn't house train him because he we could never get the connection between bad dog don't do this inside let's go outside where you ha- where you should pee because by the time we got into the hallway, waited for the elevator, went outside to the grass. Like it was 15, 20 minutes. So Absolutely. he never connected being outside with going to the bathroom. And, Plus, you know, mentally there were literal doors to go through. Yeah. Like he, he was traumatized by the doors. Yeah. He hated the elevator. was terrified of the elevator, terrified. Like I, yeah. And, and it was like a huge success. We would go for walks for half an hour, 45 minutes in the morning. It was a huge success. Anytime we actually got him to pee outside, yeah, that he true. had to be calm enough to pee outside, um, which he wasn't ever like, no. he was so high stress outside that he just, he, he never got to a place where he was calm enough to, uh, which is really interesting to bring it back to what the episode is about because I just read an update about him where he is he's now been adopted by this lovely lovely family who lives yeah. I'm not sure where but but in in nature up north somewhere yeah up north somewhere north. and they and they he goes on like daily t- 
two hour hikes with this family. And they described him in their posts that his athletic prowess and gentle demeanor is perfect for their family, which to me, like, if you had told me that about Gruber, I would have been like, athletic who now? Yeah, literally, like, what? But now that he's able to be in nature, and even, like, he went to his second foster home because we couldn't keep, Mm -hmm. like, he was so stressed. Miserable in the city, yeah. Like, we couldn't. And he loved us. Like, he was Mm -hmm. so comfortable with us. But Well, he's my first baby. He could have totally been my dog. And it's interesting that that happened. I think part of it was, like, (laughs) we we were both at the same part in our lives, you know? Like, recovering. Yeah, from trauma. And... (laughs) He came in with such a, he was so gentle, so intuitive. And trusting as well. Yeah, immediate. And, yeah. you know, like Otis hates the bath. Well, never. Uh, Gruber also hated the bath. But if I was in the bath with him, he was okay. Yeah. And if we, like we, we our walks were terrible. He was a terrible walker, but I think that's just yeah. him. But he, he, he would do the check-in and when he, when yeah. he, a dog does the check-in without your prompting, that's when, you know, oh, okay, this could, this could be my dog. That was the thing. Like, I think with Gruber, there was that connection. I mean, you also, he was our first guy and my first dog really. Yeah. So sure. I was like, this could be my dog. But then also meeting Otis, seeing how he fits into my life. There's also all these, um, very practical signs. And with Gruber, a lot of it was very practical. I mean, Gruber was an incredible experience. Like, I I am so grateful for that. But at the same time, you know, I learned a lot about fostering in that situation. And I was like, you know, an apartment is a really hard place to foster a dog because there's a lot more triggers in an apartment than in a house. There's no nature. Like, we have a park nearby, but like... Well, you really need a city dog. Like... Yeah. I, and I'm I'm cognizant that Amy is listening. Um, like you really do need a, a city dog yeah. in the city in general. But a lot of these dogs are coming from the Texas dogs are from all over. They're city dogs and country dogs. But then, yeah. like there's there's dogs. A lot of the places in Toronto that get their dogs also come from Cayman Islands. It's like you're you're taking dogs from a completely different kind of of life. <laughs> especially street dogs. And you're trying to get them to walk around the city on a leash. Like, no, of course. Well, also you're trying to get them to be in an elevator and, and yeah, understand yeah. that when you leave the home, you're not outside yet. Like, yeah. what is that? You can't pee until you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and Otis is really well trained and he's still like, well, you remember the other day he tried to pee in the hallway. I'm like, that's not outside sure. though. Yeah. Well, but also how do you, how do you get a dog to that place? Like, how do you get them to mm-hmm. understand? Like, you are not outside. No, just like doesn't happen. they know their <laughs> house. They know where their house is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, it's wait. really challenging. And when you have a puppy, like a lot of people puppy train on pee pads in apartments. Mm-hmm. A lot of people puppy train with the grass outside, like because you're like you can pee here on this grass and then when you see grass outside you understand that that's that's outside like this Mm -hmm. is where you pee and also that's where you pee because they're both grass and the dog's like ah yes grass I am familiar I will pee on that but with Gruber it was like the ground ah yes I will pee on that (laughs) exactly exactly so it was really challenging to get him to understand like and, and I did my best. Like I did so much research and we worked with a trainer and we did all this yeah. stuff. And the trainer was just like, honestly, this dog is not 
for this apartment and not for the city. And like, and more than that, I think a lot of it was like, this dog needs a freedom that we just don't have access to. For sure. And we couldn't let him run. Like we, oh, I let yeah. him off leash one time with the trainer in the gated park by the, at the church, um, ah. by our house. And he had the time of his life and he shat <laughs> outside. You know what? To anyone who doesn't know Gruber, like, I'm like, oh, he shat in the mm-hmm. park? To anyone who doesn't know Gruber, it's like, okay. Oh, he shat outside? Like a regular <laughs> Okay, dog? wow, wow, the dog shat. Like, he only felt safe in our apartment, so he would only do mm-hmm. his business in our apartment. Well, barely. In his, and then he started shitting in his crate and peeing in his crate, and it was like, yeah. okay, well, he is clearly just Highly having anxious. a hard time. Yeah. And and once that started happening, the, the trainer was just like, you got to get him out. Like, you can't yeah. keep fostering him. And we were like, are you sure? Then I wept for a thousand nights. Yep. Well, when when we when we finally said goodbye to Gruber, it was very emotional, specifically for Anastasia. Um, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> your emotions made me less emotional because I was like, I have to step in and take care of you now, make you feel better. So not that you made me feel that way, but I How was like, dare you? <laughs> I, dare I you. was like, I was like, I have to be the strong one. <laughs> yeah, because you were his, you were his dad and I was his mom. I'm always the dad because uh, yeah. I'm tough. You're tough, but fair. Yeah. And I can still give love, you know, I'm, I'm good at that, but I, and I'm like, you are a baby and I love you so much, but also Otis. (laughs) Get over here. What have you done? (laughs) Excuse me, sir. That's you. But yeah, Gruber was, uh, Gruber was an incredible experience. And honestly, I want to foster more dogs. We've talked about this for a while. Like I do, I just, I have to make sure that it makes sense for me and make sure that it makes sense for the dog as well. Like I'm not going to foster a dog that I don't have any time to spend with it. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. If it were up to me, I would have a thousand dogs. Unfortunately, that would be terrible for all the dogs. For sure. Barely take care of the one dog, let alone 18 19 dogs i want my house to only be dogs i don't want any house i just want dogs these <laughs> plants um, that's kind of cool yeah they're not the same they're not they're not currently licking their buttholes um oh sure well you don't know that no i guess i don't you know my snake plant could be licking its butthole i know otis is licking his butthole if we all take a moment of silence for otis's butthole cleaning Can't hear it. Well, it's very gross. I can. Well, when we FaceTime in the morning and he licks at anything close to the microphone, I actually have to hang up because it's so <laughs> fucking loud. Yeah, it's really quite and, gross. And my weird textural thing can't deal with it. What's that called when you... Uh, Sonophili- sonophobia? No, Sonoph- Dylan, do you know what that's called? No. No. <laughs> Um, Cassie I think, knows what it's called. I'll ask her. Yeah, sonomonopia. Um, oh, yeah, that's the one. My last note. Misophonia. misophonia which sounds like misohorny. Yeah, it, um, I know. And I think of that every time. Otis, please stop licking your butthole. It's so annoying. <laughs> on, on that note, I think that's, uh, we've gone half hour over our hour. 
um, which <laughs> you're welcome dylan barrett producer of tiny gremlin dog sorry dylan the one question that i would be remiss if i didn't ask you um mm-hmm. because i wrote it uh, before you got here and it was the one that i laughed at that amy laughed at which is what is but you kind of already answered it <laughs> which is funny to me what is the emptiness inside of you that needs to be filled by another living creature <laughs> there's some kind of companionship that I get from animals that I don't actually get from most people. Um, it's a very reciprocal relationship in many ways, but also, you know, it is, that is your, that's your baby. Like that's just your baby. And I think especially, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have children. I don't know if that's in my life plan. And, And that's a huge, huge undertaking and huge thing to figure out, but it says something to me that I know I'm going to have pets forever. And actually, like, it feels weirder for me not having a pet. Yeah. Which is why I loved having Gruber around. Because I, you know, I always had a dog or I always had something, you know. And when we lived, like, when I lived with Cassie, we had cats Mm -hmm. most of the time, you know. So it's, like, I'm used to having animals around. I'm used to that relationship. I'm used to that responsibility. and And I really love it. And it also gives me a reason to get up and go outside. And I go for walks anyway by myself, which is why... I'm always like, I should just take Otis because <laughs> I have to go outside and walk around. Why would I not do that? Uh, and why do I not have a dog attached to me? Like, <laughs> it's like not. It's like leaving the house without your purse. Like that's how I feel when I leave the house without Otis. I'm like, I'm just walking in a circle now. There's no point. In yeah. Why am I not- going on a walk? Like, but I want to go on a walk because I'm used to going on a walk. Like, <laughs> so anyway, I can't wait until I can have my own dog and cat and other dog and fish and lemur and i don't think i'm gonna have a fish you don't want fish what about rimbo rimbo was a great pet um and he was basically a dog but he was a beta fish he was a beta fish but he would respond like he you would like be like hi rimbo how are you and he would come up to the glass and look at you and you would like tap on the glass over here and he'd go over there and Rimbo I talked to him a lot. I talked to him a lot. Good for Rimbo. He's a great fish. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Rimbo. Honestly. Twenty I don't know. Nineteen to twenty twenty? No, 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 no. No. He lived for 20, like two no. Years. Right. He lived from my second year. Twenty eighteen. Because twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. Our Cassie can fact check that um, yeah. later. Rest in peace, Rimbo the yeah. fish. Yeah. And on that note, we come to the end of our program. Well, no, the end of this interview. Um, hey, thanks for doing this. Of course. I'm honored to be the first person that you speak to. I love that we are still in separate places on Zoom, even though I live so close to you. Do you want to come? Do you want to come over? And have some popcorn with me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll see you maybe in in a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's uh, let's cut it. Let's cut here. Cut. <laughs>